0: Hey, welcome back. It's Chris from The Mighty Desper. Uh, We're going to have uh, a special edition here again. We've got the Thrash panel back. Uh, so we've got uh, Mark and Ian from Electrocutioner.
1: Cheers. What's up guys? Nice to guys? Back. Chris, thanks for having us.
0: Right on. Uh, and uh, Julian from Crypt. Hey, how's it going? What's up? And uh, Leo from Carabiner is uh, going to join us. Uh, hopefully uh, he'll join us in progress. Uh, so uh, the last time we got together, uh, the Thrash panel, we looked at the best albums from the uh, best Thrash albums from the 1990s. Uh, this episode, we're going to be looking at the best Thrash albums from the 2010s. Uh, so uh, the way we did it last time, we followed the same process here, where I asked uh, each of the three bands to give me, uh, you know, their top tens. We assigned ten points for a first place, nine points for uh, the second place, and so on. Uh, compiled the results and we have our top 10 Uh, they haven't been uh, the the guests here don't know the results so it's going to be news to them and we'll go from 10 down to one and I'll ask people who uh, voted for the uh, each of these albums to talk to it but then we'll leave it open for anybody to join in Uh, and uh, another side note is that, Mark, the, these votes were from from you, from your perspective, and Ian's joining us, but it wasn't part of the selection process, right? Yeah, I felt bad
1: last time as, uh, you know, we're in the same band, so we listen to the same stuff. So we kind of got like an extra vote. So I felt bad that, uh, you know, uh, Julian and uh, Leo's picks and even your picks may have gotten a little watered down. So this is just me, Ian's listened to them. So it should be more of a representative uh, list here.
0: Okay. And Ian, jump in whenever you want to if you, if you have any insights into any of these albums. Or of anything. Course. All right. Yeah,
1: so I'm here. Thanks,
2: man. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Uh, so before we begin, uh, those who have watched the 90s episode, and if you haven't, please check it out, uh, may remember that we had uh, seven albums of 39 where there's overlapping votes. Uh, so, pretty uh, wide variety of, of albums that were picked. Actually, this episode is even worse. <laughs> There's only two albums that uh, were oh, wow. multiple votes, <laughs> okay, votes. So, yeah, I, I was incredulous too. I, I kept on getting your votes and going, "No overlap, no overlap, no overlap." So, uh, the two albums that we did get uh, overlaps both made the top ten, obviously. <laughs> but, but we'll get to that. Wow. Um, so, because of the lack of overlap, you're going to see a lot of ties, obviously, right? For uh, in this list. And so much so that at uh, number 10, we have four albums uh, tied at number 10. So we're going to be talking about 13 albums, guys, rather than 10, because of the tie at 10th. Uh, So let's get right into it. And uh, um, so obviously these four, these next four are the third picks for each of us. Uh, So uh, why don't we start with you, uh, Julian, with At the Walls by Enforced.
3: Oh, yeah, this this record easily made my top 10. Uh, I mean, Richmond, Virginia's had so many good bands come out of it. I mean, you've got like Municipal Ways, Guar, you know, Lamb of God, like a lot of their earlier stuff I'm into, but like Enforced has that mix of like, they're definitely a thrash band, but you can hear a lot of that like hardcore influence on it. And every song from like Born Lost to uh, Retaliation, all those songs, like it's it just it kind of pounds in your head, and it it's one of those memorable records of the 2010s I would say because their sound already sounds so refined and they they have a little bit of that that uniqueness to it that a lot of other thrash bands at least now they don't really have as much so i I think they definitely like bring a lot of it because i'm I'm being a music nerd and stuff like that, I do a lot of research in the members and stuff like that, and like a lot of the members have been in other bands that aren't thrash or even like uh, aren't even metal like uh, one of the guitar players is in like a hardcore band for a while and um, I know one of the other guitar players was in Red Death before they broke up so like they've they've done a lot of like good stuff and especially their new record that came out this year uh, Kill Grid but I definitely have to say uh, At the Walls is one of my favorite records to come out in the 2010s and I've been listening to it on repeat recently
0: yeah I like their first well that, that was an EP right uh yeah i like the, the the that album more than uh the kill grid for some reason it just hit me more I, I actually saw them live on tour as well uh they were opening i forget who they were opening for but anyway yeah they were really really good live on stage as well and i always consider them more of a crossover type band in my, in my mind when i listen to them but uh you can hear the influences that you said from thrash and and the hardcore side yeah cool all right, so then uh, the second number ten album was actually from Leo, who's not here, uh, but we'll chat about it anyway. It's uh, "Time Is Up" by Havoc. This is from 2011. Uh, so when I think of this one myself, uh, you know, I think of this as even though it's uh, it, it is it's American thrash with uh, you know shout vocals, uh, and uh, to me it's heavily riff based with really good guitar work, which all always leads me to think of Exodus. You know. I always tie them together. So you guys have any, um, you know, input into the Havoc album?
1: Yeah, I checked out Havoc too. Um, I, it was close on my list to put in the top 10. I think they have a few albums obviously from this, uh, from this decade. Uh, I know a lot of people like the record. I think Chris, you kind of nailed it for me. Like I like Thresh a little less riff oriented. Um, it definitely seems like modern thrash but they get a lot of love i couldn't speak too much about you know their catalog and you know where they've been and where they're going but it's pretty solid stuff you know yeah
0: okay uh so the third of our number tens uh uh the tenth ranked albums actually i'll talk about mine for a minute uh it's uh nuclear revenge with let the tyrants rise uh so this is a spanish group their debut Um, Musically speaking, it's definitely uh, a nod towards uh, Teutonic uh, thrash from the 80s. So whereas, you know, Sodom Creator and uh, Destruction Uh, have slowly or not so slowly left their you know their um, their early really hard uh, leanings uh, to the side Uh, this is where nuclear revenge steps up and said hey if you're leaving that space I'm taking it so if you're into that early uh, Sodom creator uh, destruction stuff you're going to like this one so it's you know no no nonsense uh, kick-ass kick-ass black thrash and the song I'd uh, suggest you, uh, you check out uh, would be Ancient Rites. So that'll give you an idea of what this band's all about if, if, uh, if you haven't heard them. All right, so then uh, the last of our uh, number 10s is uh, for you, Mark and Ian. Uh, it's Gods of Violence by Creator.
1: Yeah, so Chris, I remember last time you were heavy on the Creator and I was expecting this was going to rank higher. Um,
0: I, I don't like so- your new stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of
1: what I felt we, too. Uh, we, just, yeah, I told Ian, so like Ian didn't know my list. It's interesting because this album is—it's not like my really style that I enjoy, but I actually really uh, admire the album in the sense it's extremely cohesive. I think they Ian noticed it too. They put that uh, that that Swedish vibe to it in the guitars, yeah, uh, and the vocals. Um, I think the songwriting is really good. I guess. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you want to chime in on like what you don't know, prefer about it, but I think the choruses may be a little too, like, they're like radio thrash choruses, I guess. They're very bombastic and, and maybe too clean and polished. Uh, Ian, you want to talk yeah, about I it?
2: Yeah, um, when I mean, when I listened to it, I didn't even think that it was like, a creator album. I, th- I, I felt more I was listening to, like, At the Gates or uh, I'm on a Marth, you know, rather, kind of like Gothenburg kind of sound to it um or like melodic death kind of feel to it especially like the production wise with the, the way the guitars sound they kind of have like that kind of fat and heavy where i think of thrash is more like you know it, it, like you said it should be like riff based but the the, the 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 picking is like it's it's not to me it's not like thrash thrash has like a gallop to it in a sense
1: as opposed to like uh you know like a more melodic sound well, well i think it's a solid album overall like in the sense that it Sometimes when I was going through a lot of these albums to rank them, they don't actually sound like albums in the sense that kind of, they lose a certain cohesiveness where it's like song to song to song, and maybe the, there's no thematic elements. I think to check out the song Satan is Real or uh, Totalitarian Terror, I think the vocals are really good. I think guitars are very tasteful. But Chris, I'm surprised you didn't rank it, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's, I, I like his voice. Obviously, his voice hasn't changed, right? He's still a Yeah, it's very really <laughs> aggressive and demonic. Right. It, it's the guitar work. It's too melodic. It's like, yeah, it's like, like, way around. You're thinking, well, that's nice. It sounds nice, but uh, you know, I I want rawness, and there is no rawness. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I really, yeah, I mean, like, if it wasn't a creator album, I'd be like, wow, this is a really good album. I like it. But when you think it is in the name of creator, like, it's like, oh well, it's not them. You know, like you have a... actually,
0: actually, that's a good point because if it was somebody else, I'd probably like it more but well, and I, 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 I think about I like I picked up their albums in the eighties when they came out. I've been the fans for life right of theirs. So I, I always compare it to their early stuff and it just doesn't compare. And I, you know.
1: well, maybe that's why I enjoy it more because I'm not so familiar with, you know, I'm not a diehard creative guy. Like I love, uh, extreme aggression and stuff. And I like, I actually don't enjoy some of the albums that people do enjoy a lot more from creators. So maybe because I'm kind mm-hmm. of like a, uh, you know, I'm kind of got fresh eyes on Creator. I like it a little bit more, but Chris, you're kind of seeing like, I don't like the way this is going, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to go back. <laughs> right. Interesting. Uh, so the next one, we're getting into the, uh, we're skipping from number 10 to number five because we have five albums now tied at number five with nine points, uh, and the first album we're going to be talking about is, is one of the two albums that has actually two overlapping votes, and that's between uh, Leo and myself. Uh, it's Vector with Terminal Redux. Uh, so the reason, um, you know, you, I said last episode that I don't, I'm not a big uh, tech prog thrash guy. Um, so uh, I was surprised that this album actually resonated with me. But when I think back on it, I think the reason why it did with me uh, is that. Um, in the riffing, I heard, uh, early Voivod and I'm a huge Voivod fan. So the dissonant riffing on this, uh, you know, drew me to it and then forced me to listen to it. And then, of course I had my head blown off because of how technical it is and how well they fucking played. It's just as I'm n- usually not into it, but wow, you know, you're just sitting there going, how the hell do they keep this up? <laughs> Imagine doing this on tour for hour and a half every night for three weeks or whatever. Fucking crazy. Um, Anyway, the the song that I would suggest for those who haven't heard it uh, would be Cygnus Terminal uh, was the one that got me initially into it. Uh, What do you guys have have any thoughts on uh, Vector?
1: Julian, I want to step on your toes. So Chris, here's my thing. I like Vector. They are, I remember we talked about last time, I mean Ian's thrash picks were kind of that, even though we're really not like tech prog guys. They more, so Vector obviously is tech progressive thrash on steroids to the point where I, I look they have two of the, two albums. I, I don't know if Black Future's in the same decade or not, but um, I wanted to like it so bad, but I have really just a hard time calling it thrash because there's just so many elements in it. You know, the vocals are kind of have black metal inspiration and there's a, there, they might, there might be four minutes of a seven minute song where you can't even like, where is the thrash? So I'm not hating on them because I think Vector, in the last 20 years of like a metal band, they've innovated thrash metal and these genres to the point where it really is awe-inspiring. I mean, each album, each song, it's um, just incredible, like you said, of what they do. Um, You know, it's not hook chorus, verse chorus. It's, you know, wild and, you know, that kind of sci-fi, like kind of void vibe, like that outer space feel. I just didn't rank it because I actually had it on my list at number five, actually, too. And I had to take it off. I was like, you know, it's not pure enough thrash. But how do you feel about that? Was that the wrong decision, Chris?
0: hey everybody has their own votes right i put it in as number five on my list and leo put it as number six so it wasn't on the top of our list yeah yeah
1: well i would say as we spoke before and ian mentioned it it's not a problem but we're in 2010 to 2019 this is 30 years after thrash so to find a thrash metal band that's not incorporating Death metal black metal progressive it's it was nearly impossible so when i ranked i tried to look like that but if you guys are considering Vector, like, a thrash band, it would be in, like, the top top five of their releases, because they're really just so in- innovative and impressive.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts? Have uh, you listened to Crypt? Julian? Um, I
3: I never really got, like, super into it. Like, uh, I definitely need to check it out again, just because it's been a while since I've listened to Vector, but I I don't know. A lot of the, like, insanely tech stuff, like, was never, like, super big with me. Like, if if I'm going more of a tech route, it'd probably be like more death metal than mm-hmm. than thrash because I feel like thrash has has a little bit more of a a rawness to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely like uh, gonna check it out again because I mean the probably one of my more favorite like tech thrash bands kind of would be uh, Forbidden just because a lot of the mm-hmm. the riffage on there like from uh their first record and their second record is like like mm-hmm. hallmarks of like I guess just like technical progression, it kind of shows that a lot of thrash bands can have like the complex riffing without like being too crazy and the vocal style kind of fit really well with it. But I, I definitely need to check Vector out again because I never really gave it too much of a thought after the first time I listened to him.
0: Yeah, Forbidden were uh, obviously pioneers of that, right? They were one of the first to do that. But uh, all right. Um, so, our second of our number nine albums, uh, back to you, Mark and Ian
1: uh was ironbound by overkill all right ironbound uh i love overkill maybe it's because we're east coast uh, guys uh, i gotta see how ian's gonna chime in on this one i don't know Uh-oh. if he liked it too much but, uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Nah, so, no it's okay i love overkill i thought this album uh this is like the, i think they had two or three albums during this decade this was their like return to form for me in the sense that uh they got rid of a lot of that like blues based riffing they would do uh, I think, like, the first five songs are just pure rippers. You know, Overkill's not into this uh, intellectual-type metal where, you know, as opposed to Creator, they're talking about the gods and totalitarianism. This is just about kicking ass. Uh, Bobby Blitz's vocals are goddamn impressive. I mean, this was their 15th album. I think it's probably his best vocal performance. Uh, I would check out the so- the first four songs in a row, which is kick-ass. But uh, there's a song called Endless War on there, which out of nowhere has, like, this Iron Maiden, you know... Uh, twin guitar attack, which is weird for Overkill, but it's, it's an amazing album. Uh, I think. He, oh See, yeah, it's funny that it? you said that
2: because that's actually what I thought, like you guys are saying with the prog stuff. Like for me, I felt for this album, there was too much, uh, there was not as much thrash as there was more of this kind of melodic sound to it. Right. And so, I mean, like, uh, I think actually one of the first things that came to mind for me was like, you know, um. It, it, like what? What's the, that kind of juxtaposition, right? Where it's like you'd have these really heavy riffs, but then you'd also have like these really high melodic parts. And I'm like, well, it's not bad, but it's like uh, it's just it for me again, like you know, not growing up necessarily, but listening to all the old albums stuff and comparing it to the stuff now, it's such a stark stark contrast to me, you know. And especially when I went back and listened, I'm like, this is overkill. Like again, that maybe I would have been, I, I would have been like, oh, this is real. It's it's great in its own sense, but uh, as an Overkill album, it's just... Uh... Yeah, I think it
1: goes back to the idea, like, you know, I guess because I'm a bigger Overkill fan, like, I'm aware of what they've been doing since, like, 1997, so, you know, if you haven't heard an album since, you know, like, Years of Decay or something like that, or uh, you know, even Feel the Fire, if like you just know that, and you don't know how they've progressed, you might be like, wow, what is this? But uh, I'm a big fan of that album. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm... I'm uh, Overkill's weird one with me, in that uh, I have two albums that I absolutely love from them: "Wide Fucking Open" and uh "Taking Over." uh But then, I the rest of their albums, I either just like or don't like at all. I, I, I don't know. There's something I uh, love it or hate it. Every single album is different with me. It's uh, I listen to all of them to see if it's uh, hoping that it would be another "Wide Fucking Open." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of what great. I was saying. I like the, uh, the grinding wheel and the wings of fire, actually, from the teens, actually more than, uh, than Ironbound. I-, I found it a little bit more um, aggressive. That was my mm. comment, anyway. yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: What about you, Joey? Do I don't know if I'm saying it, it
1: was
2: like Rust in Peace when I heard like <laughs> the, the riffing and stuff like that, and the melodies and stuff, remind me a lot of like, that kind of era of Megadeth. That's yeah. kind of what Ironbound made me think of.
0: What about you, Julian?
3: Yeah, I thought it was a like a pretty good comeback for them in terms of like just their their sound because, like he said, that that kind of blues-based riffing, which I mean, I guess pretty much all metal is in in a way like blues influenced just the the style. But like they they kind of had that more like soft tonal riffage that they were doing. Um, but it definitely was like a a better comeback, which made me get back into Overkill actually. But I. I had a lot more records on my mind that kind of, I had to rank higher than, than this particular record. Um, but I am a huge fan of like old Overkill. Like they, they have a lot of like that rock and roll kind of vibe to them with a lot of the older stuff that I really enjoyed. But uh, Overkill is definitely like close to being on my list for this top 10
0: your reference you know that uh, all metal is blues based we could have a whole discussion on that one because i would say not all of it you know some of it's classical based right so yeah, but anyway that's another episode we can uh, chat about it is classical <laughs> all right so then uh the third of our uh number fives uh this was leo's uh war war by war war uh so to be honest i hadn't heard it uh of it before it's 2013 a Ukrainian band, Uh, so I listened to it. Um, So the thing here that got me at first was the drum sound was a little hollow in my mind. Uh, Like it was, you can tell it wasn't, you know, big studio recording. Uh, It seemed hollow for some reason, not quite right. Uh, But the songs themselves, uh, I liked, they were, uh, you know, fast thrash, the way I like it it was raw, and the vocals are very similar to uh, Sodom's Angel Ripper. Uh, so you know uh, that's a thumbs up for me. <laughs> uh, and the song that uh, actually really stood out for me when I listened to it was a song called Crossfire. Um, so if anybody wants to check them out, uh, I would suggest that's a good song to get into. Uh, have you guys heard of War War? No. Okay. All right. Too bad we didn't have Leo to give us a little bit more background. But uh, okay, let's let's move on then to uh, let's see. This is back to you, Julian. Uh, so this is Coagulating Darkness by Hellripper. Oh, man. Don't even get me started on this
3: record. Like, the, I... I don't know. I, I kind of got into Black and Thrash very early on in my, like, I guess my years of listening to metal because my first ever show was, like, seeing Toxic Holocaust play with Black Dolly Murder in Augusta. But, that like, they do black and thrash like so well i because it's not just like straight up like thrash with like black metal style vocals like a lot of the riffing like kind of entails like uh just black metal riffing like the kind of dissonant chords and stuff like that like they they do a lot of the speed well and then i will say like their newest record was probably my favorite record that uh they've done so far but this uh, particular record, uh, like the Conduit is closing, like songs like that just kind of blew me away with the style of riffing. Like it kind of made me want to write riffs that are a bit more just chaotic, I guess, kind of like how uh, he does in that band, because it is like a one-man band, kind of like toxic Holocaust. So he writes all the riffs on his own and does everything like that, which also is like a, a very admirable thing to me. So seeing like a record that came out in the 2010s that someone did on their own and they did it so well with such a great production i thought was amazing so this definitely had to be on uh, my top 10 list
0: yeah I, I i found i always put hell ripper in the uh black speed category rather than black thrash but it's such a freaking fine line right <laughs> i should have worn my hell ripper shirt yeah I, yeah i love that album too that's uh, that was one of my faves from I guess 2017, looking at my notes here. Yeah, I've we got my. Leo here. here. We've got his symbol here, but we're trying to get him in.
4: <laughs> Hello, I'm in. Sorry for my miscalculations. I thought we were starting two hours after this time. So sorry for little mistakes.
0: Hey, no problem, Leo. I'm glad you can join us. We've got your audio, but we don't have your video.
4: I'm unfortunately not at home. I'm in the middle of town, so I couldn't really uh, have my video over here. Okay. All right. Well, we just went over. um,
0: um, Let's talk about a couple of your albums then to catch up. So uh, your your number three album. Just a second. Let me get back. Havoc. Time is up was your number three album. We've talked about that already, but uh, what, what's your take on that
4: album? Uh, this album is uh, a really perfect example of a uh, new wave of thrash metal. Uh, basically it takes all of the advantages of the new scene of uh, thrash metal and mixes it up with the atmosphere and the energy of old school sounds. And uh, basically they got a lot of uh, double kick based stuff. They got a lot of melodic stuff. They got a lot of uh, headbanging stuff and all of that is uh, perfectly combined together. And uh, that album just uh, gets you from the first song to the last song and got no fillers. Uh, so that's just an amazing solid thrash record and uh, one of the best in their uh, discography and no fillers, all killers, just like I said. so that's uh, what I got to say.
0: Okay. Uh, the other one we've talked about already uh, was Vector, Terminal Redux. Uh, so you want to chime in there for uh, uh, some feedback on that one? Uh,
4: well, this album is a uh, full journey. From... From the beginning to an end, it's an hour-long album, and it uh, doesn't make you boring through the time you listen to it. So all of those songs are complex, are amazing. They got some uh, Velvet influences uh, and also some prog rock influences, but not uh, laying off uh, the brutality side, which is uh, really interesting. It got that space atmosphere that. Uh, Delivers uh, you through all, through all the album and uh, amazing instrumentals, uh, amazing vocals. Uh, every instrument which is present in that album sounds great, sounds amazing. And uh, that's when I when I heard that album, it fully blown me away and uh, kind of introduces me, introduced me to the new side of thrash metal and uh, opened my musical horizons. Yeah, I think.
0: Well, you and I uh, had picked that one uh, together there. Uh, and, uh, in fact, there's only two albums that we had, uh, that the group of us had overlap in, and that was, uh, one of them. So the last one to keep bringing you up to speed, then, uh, Leo, we talked about war, war, uh, none of us had, had heard of this band before I, I took a chance, uh, took a listen to this before the episode and gave my feedback, but, uh, why don't you give us a little bit more info about the, the band, you know, they're out of the Ukraine, but, uh, we, we don't know much more about that.
4: Uh, these, band, these bands are uh, close friends. Uh, they're a Black Thrash uh, metal band, which has uh, influences of Venom, Motorhead, Carnivore, Early Sodom, and uh, they carry that Black Thrash speed atmosphere. Uh, and they're just basically playing rock and roll. They have recorded uh, their debut album, World War War. Uh, a um, EP called Victory. Uh, They have a split with the band called uh, Aira Bios and uh, 2019 I guess uh, they have a lot of great songs right here and uh, right now they're preparing their new studio album. I heard pieces of it. This is just amazing and they're still progressing and making their music a little bit more complex. Also they have uh, influences of Russian uh, thrash metal band called Corrosion of Metal, and uh, they have kind of that uh, anthemic vibe to it. Uh, amazing short, simple songs which everyone in the hall could uh, simply sing along to. For example, this is the closing track of the album called Heavy Rock, and uh, this is just a crazy hits which everyone is marching to, everyone is singing along to, and uh, are underground circles. So uh, I got to include that album because it's full blown hits and also uh, an interesting fact about it, that it was uh, recorded live. It was a live session on the rehearsal space.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I definitely heard the uh, Sodom influence there for, for sure. Okay, um, so let's continue on. We're we're into our our number fives now, Leo, just to bring you up to speed. Uh, So the last of our uh, ties at number five is mine. Uh, So we've been talking about Black Thrash. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Black Thrash. (laughs) That's the stuff I like anyway. Uh, So it's uh, Wildfire by Destroyer666. So this is their fifth album, uh, their uh, latest album. So what, what stands out for me about this one is uh, how well it's produced, uh, that all the different instruments are really clearly discernible. And usually that, to me, I don't necessarily like uh, in thrash, because uh, it tends to get in the way of the power. Uh, but here, it, for some reason, it works for me. Um, and especially there, there's a second guitar that's always weaving in and out underneath playing different riffs. Uh, which uh, really intrigued me. I thought that was uh, uh, a little bit different from uh, most of the rest of the bands out there. Great uh, sneering vocals, uh, just a great example of punishing Black Thrash. Uh, so the song I would point to for people to try out is um, the opener, uh, trader, which is just uh, frickin' face-melting uh, stuff. Does anybody have any uh, insight into uh, Destroyer 666? Yeah, I've actually got a record on vinyl um you're on mute there julian
3: (coughs) sorry about that i thought it unmuted (laughs) um yeah i've got this record on vinyl it's one of my favorite ones by destroyer 666 um every track on there is uh it's like a nice like culmination of black thrash like in that whole subgenre. um like uh, White Line Fever is one song that I really enjoyed. Just the, they're all like really raw songs, but they're also like produced really well, I think, you know, which is, it's hard to kind of find that in a lot of black trash. So I would definitely recommend like this record to anybody if they're wanting to get into that genre. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wish I knew this album.
1: I only know the, uh, I'm looking it up. I forgot the name of the album I love by them. Uh, it's earlier than that. Uh, oh, Phoenix Rising, that's the album I love by them. I haven't really kept up with them. I'm going to have to check it out.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. A goodie, for sure. Okay, so then uh, we have three albums that tied at number two uh, with scores of tens. So these are three albums that three different individuals picked as their number ones. Uh, so the first one, we're going go to go uh, back to you, Leo. Uh, it's Global Degeneration by Rehabilitator. Offers. So, Leo, we'll, uh, we'll come back to you in a second, and we'll move forward.
4: Uh, can you still hear me? Hello? yeah, uh, yep,
0: yep Hello. we got you.
4: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This record offers an uh, interesting uh, uh, flavor of trash with uh, a little bit of uh, Brazilian influences. Uh, Some people compare it to Violator, but I see um, uh, quite slight differences uh, between these bands. Uh, There's a lot of bass soloing, a lot of uh, melodic uh, solos uh, in the guitar and the production. Production is very raw it really delivers that uh, old school atmosphere. I got a lot of rememberable, uh, even catchy, not in the bad meaning of that word songs. Uh, They're pure amazing, for example, Wall of Death, it also gets our crowds uh, to insanely mushing, insanely banging their fucking heads because this is a real one banger. Uh, a lot of uh, great songs like uh, Chair Noble," self self-insti- Extinction of Mankind, uh, Global Degeneration, all of them are really great and uh, the drumming also, uh, their drummer is uh, the vocalist. So uh, that way, what makes this band really unique uh, when you watch them perform live? And uh, this is really an amazing experience when you see the singing drummer, uh, especially with those uh, drum parts, because he's really a good drummer and really a good vocalist. Uh, Those uh, high pitch screaming vocals uh, really fit. uh, All those raw riffs that sometimes meet the punky atmosphere. And this is just a great record. Great record to Masto to Hayman, just to enjoy your life and basically understand what is what what thrash is in in nowadays.
0: Yeah, I, I listened to it as well, and um, the thing that jumped out at me was the the bass. Yeah, the bass work was really really good there, and uh, you know lots of intricate shit going on underneath. And uh, yeah, that was that was cool with me, uh, and the riffing was was quite good too. Yeah, you have you guys heard of uh, Rehabilitator? Okay. All right. So let's go to the other uh, two number twos. Uh, so we're back to you, Mark and Ian, for uh, The Raging Tides by Exumer.
1: All right. Exhumer is one of my favorites. You know, uh, in 1986, a lot of good thrash came out. You know, you have Puppets, Rain and Blood, I think Peace Hells, Darkness Descends. But criminally uh, Overlooked is the German band Exumer. They put out uh, Possessed by Fire, a freaking awesome album. Unfortunately, uh, their second album, they got rid of their singer, who's the man, Ben Stein. And then I think when they, re, uh, they reformed in like 2000, maybe 2010 or 12 or something like that, he got back in the band. But this is one of their albums uh, uh, from that decade. I think it's 2014, I'm not sure, but uh, I love this album. It's, it's, in the way it's the opposite of what we were talking about before. there are no elements of like other genres there's no like you know out of place like hardcore breakdowns there's no overwhelmingly you know like death metal or black metal influences. This is straight thrash metal which is, it is just an achievement in itself in my opinion in the decade. Uh, I think Meby Stein's vocals are just sounds like a demon here. I guess it's a matter of taste some people it's kind of like a Dave Mustaine thing where some people love the vocals. some people aren't a fan of it I think it rips um for a song recommendation let me see here uh you know title track opener raging tides just absolutely rips and it's a good album because it, it
4: what i like about an album
1: sometimes is the pacing even when um you love an album but it's uh, even if you love thrash you love heavy metal after a while, when it's just five or six songs at the same you know blistering tempo you kind of want some breath and they do that here and there they have like these like slower you know kind of you know, 80s chugging uh, for, uh, like, a thrash breakdown, and then it gets right back into it. So, uh, you know, you thought you want to chime in on Exuma, man? Um, no, not, not
2: huh? particularly. Anybody else want to know this one? Or? I mean, like, uh, I, I enjoyed listening to the album, but uh, I, nothing really stood out for me. I mean, uh, as compared to, like, the classic stuff, you know, that they put out. It's just uh but <laughs> actually there was one thing that, that I did think of was like some of the lyrics were kinda like really cheesy in a sense. Like there's one part it, there's like sticks and stones break my bones and just like I was like, man, it's supposed to be like a thrash I oh, my guys and why I'm here was like a you know in you know a high school a kid uh nursery rhyme or something like that, you know, something you here on the playground. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well I, when I when I uh, when I think of these guys, I think of um, you know, Americanized thrash from Germany and uh I like the German form more than the American form. So, you know, I, 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 I'm the same way. It sounds good, but to me, it's just too much in the pocket. It's not wild enough. I, I like some, you know, you know, crazy. That that yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's a great way to put it, though. It is
1: very in the pocket. It's extremely tight. Everything is synced up. So, yeah. I
2: feel like a lot of these bands are like that, uh, especially like the more popular bands like you were talking about creator we're talking about overkill like everything is so tight it's so overproduced you know it doesn't have that rawness it's almost like sterile in a sense where like uh, and and it's not that the musicianship is not good or the songwriting is not good it's just like you said thrash needs that raw energy to it and that kind of chaos and uh, i feel like uh, this too it's 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 way too tight to be a thrash band
0: anybody else want to chime in on that um, I
3: will say, like, I really did enjoy uh, the, the covers that they actually did on the, um, the record. They did a, a Grip Inc. cover, which uh, was really good. Um, I can't remember the name of the nice. song off the top of my head, but it was like for being a thrash band, doing something that was a little bit more, I guess, technical, kind of like Grip Inc. was, like the, that weird just mm-hmm. out-of-pocket kind of thing is like that's the one out-of-pocket thing I would say that's on the record is like them doing that, you know? They, they definitely do have that that refined kind of sound, um, which I, I do enjoy a lot of the songs like Sacred Defense is probably one of my favorites off that record. But I will say I really enjoyed the covers because like they did a pentagram
0: cover, I believe, on that. record. Yeah, they
1: did a pentagram on the uh, I think it's uh, one of the last songs. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge grip ink guy and I, I, I didn't catch that. that I'm going to have to go back and, and listen to that <laughs> anyway. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, so the last of our number twos is is my favorite album of the 2010s. Uh, it's Assassinos Omsuray by Toxic Attack. Uh, so this is one where I think a lot of people are going to go, Who the fuck is that? <laughs> and the ones who have heard now. Uh, the other ones are, who have heard are going to say, What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> uh, the, the reason why is, is that um, the vocals here are controversial. Uh, and that the guy, there's nobody that sounds like this guy. Uh, his name is Nico666. Uh, so he, he sings, he yelps, he growls, uh, he, he jumps all over the place. And at times he, he sounds like an ape being uh, anally probed. It's really like amazing, you know, how he flips between all these voices, right? Uh, amazing. Most people, uh, you know, don't like it. Uh, but to me, when you put that on top of what I think is the best uh, thrash riffs of the decade. Like we're talking high speed all the time, energy out the wazoo from beginning to end. And then this guy yelping over top, totally unique. Nobody sounds like these guys. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, Easily my my number one um, album of of the decade. Just amazing. So if you try it out, you're probably going to either love it or hate it. (laughs) <laughs> there's no can, you, can you, the, you say it again chris can you say the name of the album again it's assassinos om uh by the band called to- uh toxic attack so where, where are they from where are they from uh they're from portugal okay cool yeah check it out it's their debut yeah yeah uh, so the song it. to try out uh would be thrash meldicchio that's how he says it <laughs> anyway Okay, uh, so now we're down to the number one album. Uh, so obviously, the other album that had two picks to it. Uh, so uh, Julian, it's your number one, and uh, Ian and Mark, it was your number five, I think. It's uh, Nightmare Logic by Power Trip.
3: This record probably has the the most. I guess resonance as far as like thrash is for the 2010s. Cause they're, I love their, uh, their first full length, uh, manifest destination. Like I, but I will say the production on that record was a lot, like it was very thin. Like the, the vocals were over reverbed and like the drums kind of sounded a little bit hollow. Um, but they stepped up their game with this record. Like every song, all the riffs were so memorable. I mean, of course you've got, uh, Executioner's Tax, everybody knows that you've got condition, uh, you've got there's so many songs like Firing Squad, of course, like that, everyone just goes fucking crazy. during that song, like all the riffage in this record was like, well thought out, like they they wrote this song to be or not the song this record to be not only like a very good thrash record, but also accessible, like people that don't like thrash or don't like metal will come to this record and be like, okay, you know, I can understand why people like this and they'll, they'll get into it, which, I mean, I'm wearing a creeper shirt, they're kind of the same way, like, as far as death metal, but for Power Trip, like, every song on this record, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about, like, you know, the production skyrocketed on this, like, everything's so much better. And like, hearing that single they put out, uh, uh, Hornet's Nest too like it It made me super excited which it was a shame you know hearing about Riley passing last year um but as far as I'm aware like seeing social media and stuff I think they're thinking about continuing the band so I'm looking forward to it I just don't know how it's gonna be without Riley because his vocal style was really something that I modeled my own vocal style actually after I, I do like a little bit of a mix of like trying to do black and stuff but also like that kind of hardcore like shouting that he does. Like I, I really enjoyed his vocals on there. So it, this had to be my number one record on here.
0: What about you, Mark? Yeah, I think that uh, Julian
1: uh, described it really well. Um, you know, Power Trip is, is a, this album is a really good album um, for more reasons than, than you might think. For example, he pointed out that it's accessible. For, like, diehard people who are, like, crazy into thrash, like, this might not seem like the most groundbreaking album, but this is very accessible in the sense that, like, you know, from being from New York, it's not really a big thrash or even a heavy metal scene, or at least where we're at, um, but hardcore is huge, and I can, I can tell you there's, you know, like, 10-plus kids I know who are into hardcore, obsessed with hardcore They think metal shit and power trip is like their gateway drug into thrash. So that alone, I mean, we're not talking 1994 here. This is, you know, the 2010s. That's huge for like there to be one singular album. That's funneling people into the genre. You know, my wife loves metal and she likes well people at work. Oh yeah. I got this in Ozzy. I was born in, you know, that like, you know, very casual metal. And I listen to, you know, executioner's tax. And they're they're like, wow, this is a cool song. I want to see this band. So, for that, I think it 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 should be on the list. Um, the vocals, yeah, Riley obviously he passed away like last year two years. Uh, heavy reverb mixed with like just a very violent, aggressive way of singing gives this album like really a bigger feel than it is. Um, it is very, I don't know if riffy is the right word, but they're they're obviously trying to go for these like kind of old school '80s like uh, crossover breakdowns, but also like a hardcore element. So it's very, I think it's accessible for us. it's designed to be catchy the songs are designed to have hooks um, the solos my, that's as a guitar player that's my thing with the, with uh this album is that the solos are too much of the kind of like the slayer whammy bar to give it ambience and there's not really this fucking wild frenetic energy that i think chris it seems like you like mm-hmm. um but it's on my list for that reason it's i can't um you know the they really did cross over in that sense. Like if who, if they had another album, you know, it's had to say, Riley, I think this band would have blown up like insanely because I, I, you know, I'll I'll, I'll see sixteen year old kids with long hair and they're wearing Power Trip shirts and they have never heard of Iron Maiden. They've never heard of you know even Slayer. They don't know. And it's like Power Trip is their band. So th- you know, I think that gets them on the list for me. You know.
0: Yeah, I agree from the, you know, as you say, the gateway band uh, into thrash for sure. When I listened to them, I kept on thinking of Sepultura, early 80s Sepultura for some reason uh, as well when I keep hearing it. So what about you, Leo? What's your take on Power Trip?
4: Unfortunately, I haven't listened to that record uh, too much. I listened to it only a couple of times. All I can say that this is a great thrash record. I really enjoyed it in peace to Riley Gale that uh, really sucks to see young thrush musicians given hope to us all. Really solid. I really enjoyed it. Really amazing record to just sit back in your chair, relax, have a beer and bang your fucking head.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a, not meaning as an insult, but it's kind of more like a, you can be a mindless metalhead if you want to just bang your head because it's not you know super deep but uh, i seen over uh, i saw i got the pleasure to see them live a few times and i saw them open up for the misfits uh the original misfits uh venom was on that bill i saw them open up for uh Danzy. i saw them open up for uh, high on fire and gate creeper and the fucking place goes crazy it went crazy every time no matter if it was you know old punk heads, metal heads hardcore kids it, Every show I saw them play on, they blew everyone away in the reaction that they got. So, well,
2: I think I think you know, like you said, that it's kind of the gateway between the hardcore to thrash metal. I mean, if you listen to it, especially with the the drumming, yeah, that's uh, good It's, point, good it's like it's it's almost like DB, like something like Discharge or something like that. It has that specific drum beat that you would be used to listening to in hardcore. So it kind of hooks you really quickly when you're like, oh wow, this is thrash metal, and then. Again, it's going to be progressive. You yeah. know, as more you listen to different bands, but that's what, for me at least, when I listened to it, I felt that was the real strong point. Was that that D-beat style of drumming is what makes that bridge, Yeah. Not well, even the riffing, because then you do the riffing and then you put the vocals on top of it. You know. It's really, that's what the hook is. Yeah, and I think, Ian, actually, I
1: forgot about that. A great point to bring up about that record is there's no double bass. And even live, they got crazy. I I, I didn't didn't like it, there was no double bass. It's it's still uh, great. Old school, punk,
2: hardcore. Uh,
1: That's that's the good point. It's one bass pedal. I'm pretty sure it's one bass. There's no double bass on the whole album, I'm pretty sure, which gives it that accessible it's not over the top craziness if you know you're it's trying dotted, to show your slight dotted yeah
2: dotted half note mm-hmm. kind of kick to it you know like instead of just like slayer was like it's like, it's like no. that, that
0: bounce yeah.
2: to
1: it
0: right
1: i think it gives it that more accessibility you know it gives it that catchiness i guess you'd say
0: so i'm glad ian joined us we have too many vocalist guitarists we need a drummer here maybe next time we got to bring in one of your bassists too <laughs> And our so you don't want, me
3: to, you don't want me to Yeah, players farming right now in North Dakota.
0: <laughs> All right. So so before we have each of the uh the, the bands, band members here to uh give us an update on uh what's going on uh with each of their bands. So uh Mark and Ian, uh why don't you give us an update on electrocutioner?
1: All right, so we got the cassettes, Chris. Looks like you got some room in the back behind you. All no, I'm right, All right, I'll so you can get it
2: on uh vinyl too. Well, vinyls
1: <laughs> later. But. Yeah, vinyls. Are, yeah, give me your address, Chris. We'll send you one. But yeah, we got our cassettes out on Bandcamp. Vinyls are in a few months. Tons of shows are lined up. Let's um, tell Julian we're playing. We have Jersey, New Jersey tomorrow. Then we have Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and a few spots in New York coming up. And then uh we're just you know actually we're gonna. Practice right after this, and then I think in uh, probably like January, February, we're going to try to start recording a full night or something like that. And then hopefully, oh, what about the yeah. uh,
0: show with uh, oh, I like can't, anou-
1: can't announce it yet. Can't announce it yet. Yeah, so we got a cool show coming up. Yeah, we
2: got a secret, uh, but uh, yeah, so then uh,
1: hopefully in the winter, start recording and uh, spring. Um, uh, so to launch a new thing and keep it going. So yeah, we already got uh, check it out. We got about like
2: three songs written already. Yeah. We have like a short one that we're going to use an intro. so almost four. So, oh, but uh, you know, it's all about keeping that intensity, right? Like uh, even as you progress as a band, and you want to think like, okay, you don't want to be progressive, but you want to kind of evolve, right? Uh, in the sense of like songwriting. Maybe a little more complex, but then what What are you risking, right? You're having the the raw intensity and the realness of it versus the progressiveness. So, like, the more technical you get, a lot of times you lose that. So, I mean, for me, at least, I don't think about it. I just let it happen. You know, like, he'll play something and I'll react to it. Like, almost like jazz, you know, like a musician would do. And I feel like that's what you have to do. You have to have that raw spirit, that raw approach to it. You can't be like, I'm gonna do this chord progression and then we're gonna write it like this and do it. No, no, you have to just feel it, do it, be real, you know? So, I'll be
0: writing. <laughs> we are. All right, sounds good. What about you, uh, you Leo? What's going on in uh, the world of Carabiner?
4: Uh, in the next uh, month or two, we're gonna record our uh, new single uh, it's going to be a uh, really long song, and it uh, uh, delivers um, different flavors, uh, flavors of flash. Uh, it has some uh, death rush uh, elements. It also has a few a few elements of technical flash, but uh, it doesn't uh, seem off place. It really sounds good in the... Um, composition of the song overall uh, after that we're gonna make I guess an online show with uh, our friends from the local bands we had our uh, organized uh, local thrash death festival called bloody hell thrash and basically we're gonna repeat uh, this uh, in the form of online uh, with almost the same lineup of bands so after that I think we're gonna have a lot of uh, local shows. Probably in the next year, we're gonna uh, try to have some uh, broad shows, maybe a little tour. Uh, And uh, in this uh, winter, I think we're gonna start recording our full length album. Uh, We have uh, a lot of material for it. Uh, Right now it's like, 40 minutes of material, but uh, we still have songs that we are working on. And uh, this is going to be a really long record, which uh, will have uh, a lot of uh, different spices of uh, thrash. And uh, uh, this is going to be an interesting one. We're taking. and from Sodom here that these uh, brutal, almost death metal songs. They have slow and groovy ones. They have uh, rock and roll kind of motorheadish songs and that really inspires us up. So that's, uh, I think, what is uh, the conception is going to be.
0: Excellent, excellent. So lastly there, uh, Julian with Crypt, what's going on?
4: Yeah, so since the last time we
3: uh, talked for the 90s, uh, uh top 10 we actually got signed to uh terminate city records out of atlanta um so with them we are planning on recording a full-length record it'll be our debut full-length uh i'm thinking we're we're wanting to do like 10 songs and we're hoping to get in there by december um the latest would probably be march um but with that going on we've also got some stuff set up with uh, setting up a tour so we're, we're hopefully doing like it, starting off weekenders and then we'll, we'll probably do like a little over a week-long tour as well um, with our buddies in uh, Never Falls, so another southern thrash band um, and we're looking to get some festivals set up uh, so we're talking to the label about that as well so shout out to Jay Crash for signing us and setting everything up um, we're also supposed to we got offered to play with Raven which was something that I thought was awesome but unfortunately like you know, our, our bass player's uh, busy farming for rap snacks in uh, North Dakota right now. He should be back at the end of this month, though. So uh, after that, we're going to be booking shows, and then we're going to go from there. Um, we're getting our uh, debut EP that we put out, uh, Enter the Crypt. We're going to get that pressed out on vinyl and get some cassettes done as well, especially now that we have label backing. And we're hoping to do the same for the new record. Um, we've got... I want to say seven songs already done for the new record. So we just have to do three more and we should be good, you know, give it a little bit of time to kind of refine everything. Um, You'll probably see a little bit of a change in the sound uh, slightly from some of the uh, songwriting perspective. Like it's not just like crazy fast for everything, you know, like it's got a little bit of a, there, you'll see like one or two maybe mid-tempo songs on there that are still like just pounding and raw, which I hope everybody enjoys. Um, but yeah, we've got some new merch designs coming out as well, so we're looking forward to that. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can play with some of you guys in the future as well. Like, I'd, I'd love to go to the Ukraine and New York and everything, you know, like play everywhere and bring thrash to everybody, you know, and bring you guys.
0: Yeah. Out as well.
1: yeah. Come up the cabinet too for Chris, right? <laughs>
0: Uh, I can't play an instrument. Yeah. I'll sing along. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, for helping out on the, this episode. It was a lot of fun as usual. Uh, I'm I'm thinking '80s thrash uh, should be our next one. The biggie, right? So,
4: yeah. putting. Uh,
0: we... I think Leo was. Right.
4: Good. Yeah, go. Ahead,
0: yeah, you're okay with that, Leo?
4: Yeah, I think that's it's a perfect idea. Yeah. right yeah
0: Yeah, um and uh, keep me apprised of what's going on guys because i'll I'll post it up on our our website too there's uh and send out the links to whatever's going on with your bands right so um everybody uh thanks again for uh watching listening whether you're on uh, youtube or um, on Sound Scan or SoundCloud or wherever you are. Um, and uh we'll catch you later. In the meantime, check out our website www.themightydecibel.com for all your metal needs. Have a great one. Bye.
4: Thanks, man. Thank Peace. Thank you.
0: Hey, thanks, guys.
4: Goodbye. Thanks, yeah. everyone.
2: Thank you for having me.